Hey everybody, I'm Dr. Randy Rourke and this is the Uncharted Veterinary Podcast. Guys, Uncharted Staff Drama Conference is coming up. It's in August 21st through 24th in Kansas City. And many of you are thinking about attending. You're like, I just, there's a lot to take in and it's it's supposed to be totally different from everything else. And I just, I just don't know. I don't know. It's India. It's just, wow, it's a lot. Listen, if you're thinking about coming to Staff Drama, if you're thinking about joining the Uncharted community, it's kind of hard to explain what exactly you're getting into because it is really different and new. Honestly, guys, the best advice I have is to head over to our Facebook page. It's Facebook slash Uncharted Vet, and you can look at our reviews. We have a slew of online reviews from people who have gone to the conference, from people who are online members, and just let them tell you what their experience has been. So, if you're on the fence, you're thinking about Uncharted, you're thinking about Uncharted staff drama, head over, check out the online reviews on Facebook, see if they help you make your choice. Love to see you in August. UnchartedVet.com if and when you're ready to register. And with that, let's get into this episode. And now, the Uncharted Podcast. And we're back. It's me and practice management goddess, Stephanie Hotline Bling Goss. Because I know when you're Hotline Bling, it can only mean one thing. People want pet advice and they're calling you for it. Oh man, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, that's mm-hmm. I get all I think... kinds of booty <laughs> calls about pet booties. <laughs> My dog is scooting. What do I do? Like that's the those are the booty calls I get. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I can't with you. <laughs> I'm such a dad. Mm-hmm. Yep, that was a good good dad joke. I like. I just. It's, it's, it's this creep. I just, I used to, I, when did I start? I don't know, but it just, they just creep over me. And in another 10 years, I'm going to be the guy who just does dad jokes all the time. All the time. All dad jokes all the time. But I think that your dad joke for today really fits with, um, a topic of conversation that we, you and I were talking about. Oh, totally. Yeah, yeah. I pulled I pulled up an example. So uh, so here's here's a, a post that I saw recently, and it's just stuff I hear all the time. Does anyone else get nonstop text, emails, and Facebook messages from people asking advice slash second opinions slash is this right slash would you do what would you do if this was your pet? Friends, acquaintances, clients, etc. This is a daily occurrence, one in which I can usually handle, but I'm frustrated for some reason. Anyone else ever feel this way? Help, advice, question mark. <laughs> so that's, oh, that's it. All right. This is, I mean, this is, this is a widespread problem. If huh? you're in vet medicine, you have been shaken down for advice, right? Huh? Uh-huh. Yep. 100%. And it doesn't matter what your role in vet medicine is. As soon as people find out that you work with animals, you will get questions. It doesn't matter whether you're a veterinarian, 
uh, CSR, uh, Kennel Tech, like at some point, people are going to shake you down for information. Oh, I make a conscious decision when I sit down on a plane. Am I going to tell this person next to me what, <laughs> what I do for a living? Or am I going to say something? I'll uh, Sometimes I will say, I'm a business consultant. And then everyone just kind of stops up. talking. But if I want to talk, then I just tell them I'm a veterinarian. And then it's on for the mm-hmm. next 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that that's, that's totally true. And I, I think it's, it's because, you know, it's for, for me, the, the flip side to that is there's a lot of conversation in a lot of my managers groups um, where people will um, talk about how they got another cover letter. And if I have to read one more cover letter that says, I, you know, I just have loved animals all my life. And I just think that that would make me a really great fit for a veterinary hospital. Like it, it's the flip side of that, right? Like people are talking to us about their animals because they love animals and they're doing it. They're doing it from that place, not because they recognize the fact that we get asked for advice, free advice, all day long. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, in a way, in a way, this is completely innocent. In another way, it wears on us. It eats away at personal boundaries. I think all of us have had the experience of we are watching TV with our family trying to wind down after a long day or trying to cook dinner. And then there's a random message about, Hey, my dog is limping and I don't know if it's severe enough to go to the vet. Like, and it's just, and then we feel this obligation to respond. You know, we feel like I'm a veterinarian or I'm a vet tech, so I'm supposed to respond to this person. And then we feel resentful about the obligation that we feel, you know, Mm -hmm. And so I, I it, it's a significant it's a significant thing. I think another part of this is when we start talking about people reaching out to us, people calling, people asking at parties, people sending us text messages. You know, there's a difference between a hobbyist and a professional. And the professional does a thing for money, and the hobbyist does it because it's a hobby. Mm-hmm. And we are we are professionals. If people want to ask their dog loving friends for advice, we can't get upset if that person gives them advice. You know, you're <laughs> going to see bad advice on Facebook. So mm-hmm. I want to put this into a little bit of perspective. So let, let's start to take this to a productive place. Okay. Um, I think this wears on us and we often don't want to be bothered to do work stuff, especially it's not about the money for us. I, I don't think it's about the money. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, you, you have that you have that knee jerk reaction of. I'm not going to give you an hour of my time for free. Mm-hmm. Um, I left I left the guy that cut my hair. There's a guy that cut my hair. And every time I went there, he got me in the chair and he shook me down for pet advice mm-hmm. the whole time. And mm-hmm. he never brought his pets in. Mm-hmm. And I just, honestly, I just got really resentful. I was just mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. no, I'm not coming here to pay you money to cut my hair and shake me down mm-hmm. for five times the value of pet of information that I'm giving you for you cutting my hair. Like right. and I don't go to get my hair cut so I can work the whole time. Right. That's not why I'm here. And right. so I don't think that that experience is probably uncommon mm-hmm. in vet mess. Mm-hmm. Okay. So let's start to take this to a productive way. This is about personal boundaries. It's about, I don't want to feel resentful. It's about, I am comfortable with the amount that I work and the amount that I give. We talk a lot about working with cash drop clients. We talk about giving back to the community. I, one of my positions is 
you should figure out how you want to give and what systems you're going to have for doing pro bono work and for giving back. And that way, when people ask you on the fly, you don't feel like you have to always do everything because you can know in your heart that you give and you make a difference. And I don't have to do a thing right now to prove that I care. I know that I care because I have taken these steps and I do these things. Uh So I, Uh I think that that's kind of laying the groundwork to be able to get out from underneath the thumb that is text messaging. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think this, the healthiest thing up front is to realize that the people who ask us, they're not villains. They're not bad guys. These are not jerks. And I see a lot of vets going, God, these pet owners need to stop asking us. I can't believe you would message me. Like, okay, let's, let's step to the other side for a second. Let's put on our, our empathy glasses. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're a pet owner. You're at home. Your dog is doing something and you don't know whether you should go to the vet or not. Is this something I should be worried about or not? I love my pet. I can jump in the car and go to the emergency clinic and pay, you know, $175 or whatever to get an examination and give up my night in the waiting room. Or I could reach out to a friend of mine, ask him real quick. Hey, what do you think? And then if he says I should go to the emergency clinic, then I'll then I'll go to the emergency clinic. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I think all of us, if we were not in vet medicine, we would do that. Mm-hmm. You know, we or at least we would at least consider it. I mm-hmm. think all of us have said to our friend, the estate planner, do I really need to have a will? How often do you redo those wills? Hey, um, like you're an accountant. I, you know, I'm thinking about hiring a person, you know, or hey, do I need to do these other things? Any, any skill-based business? Mm-hmm. Yeah. God, mm-hmm. I mean, think about think about physical therapists. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're a physical therapist? But my foot has really been right. bugging me. <laughs> or the chiropractor. My neck is stiff. Mm-hmm. I couldn't have a friend who was a masseuse <laughs> because I would <laughs> constantly try to get him or her to like I would just, just I would try to bump on your them in a way that would stimulate them to to put their thumb behind my scapula you know like I I could not handle the responsibility of being friends with a masseuse we're all wired that way right I mean it's just it's just human nature we're not we're not villains we're not monsters the the I what where this really comes down to is this for the pet owners this is a one-time thing. It is the one time that they have had a question, have needed something, have been in a bind. And right. they're going to like, hey, look, it's one time. I've never asked before. I'll probably never ask again. I'm just going to ask Andy, my friend. Mm-hmm. They don't understand that it's one time for them and it's all day long for us. Mm-hmm. Right? It's the same thing as when people come into the emergency clinic and uh, people who can't pay for services sometimes in the emergency clinic will get really upset and they're like, th- in their mind, this is the only time this has happened. Mm-hmm. This is a once in a lifetime horrible experience. And for them, it is a once in a lifetime horrible experience. For us, it's all night long every mm-hmm. night. That's why we're in emergency clinic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so to a lesser degree, that that's how the text message and stuff works. So these people, these people are not villains. They're doing something that all of us would do if we didn't know what we know about being on the other side. And we have probably all done this as well. The other things I say, so it's healthy to go ahead and stop. Don't be frustrated with these people. 
they're not they're they're not bad people. They just don't know. That's number one. Number two thing that I think is healthy to grasp is, guys, this is not going to stop. And you posting rants on Facebook is not going to stop it. It is like it is never going to go away. Our world is is moving this way. You look at social media and Facebook is moving more and more towards uh, privacy and encryption and putting you in touch with your friends. And this is like a living room. Well, great, because people in my living room have no problem asking me for advice. People on the Internet, I, I think I like having a little bit of distance there. But all the groups are, are, are sort of set up that way. And once you become friends with people, then they can message you. And because Facebook is kind of stalkery and weird, you know that you have clients and people who they bump into you, you talk, they go away, they look at Facebook, and then you're one of the recommended people they should be friends with, which is free. Mm-hmm. It happens. Mm-hmm. And so Facebook is guiding them to be friends with you. And then once they're friends with you, then they can send you direct messages. And everyone is getting this idea that if I send someone a message, they're going to respond immediately. And so our whole society is going that way towards normalizing the thing that bugs the hell out of us. So it's <laughs> we're not villains. It's not going to stop. So those well, are the two healthy basis things I put down so that we can start to have a, a productive conversation. Mm-hmm. Because then I think the question becomes, what do I do about it? Right? Like, I think it's a reality. They're not doing it. They're not doing it with bad intention. And it is not going to stop. So if that is the case, and we can come to acceptance on that part, then what do we do about it? Right. I think it's super liberating to realize it's not going to stop because then that puts the power firmly in your hands. It puts it on like, look, if you're waiting for some <laughs> law to be passed, that's going to make this not your problem. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Which means no one's going to help you. Mm-hmm. You are the only one who can help you. And just hear that and own it. And now let's do something about it. So there's there's a um, there's a couple of things that I, that I want to put down. Okay. Um, that The message comes in. Okay. So I got a message through Facebook from someone that I have not seen since high school. And that was a couple of days ago. So I get this message from a friend from high school and she, I can't remember. I'm trying to remember what the, what the, what the question was, but it was just imagine a standard. But question. something about something about her pets. Yeah. It was totally something about, it was totally about one of her pets. Right. Um, and should, and should I go in or not? Mm-hmm. Okay. So this thing comes in. I have, my general rule is when I get a message from someone that I have not talked to in years, the nice thing is you can look and see what the first sentence or so is on Facebook or text. You know, if I, if you're hitting me up out of the blue for me, it's like screening calls. I'm not going to check what you sent until probably tomorrow. Mm -hmm. I've just decided that's it. Like if I don't know you, if I don't know what you're reaching out to me for, I am absolutely not going to stop what I'm doing to see what you are sending to me. And I don't mean that in an arrogant way or to be a jerk or anything, but that is the rule that I have set. So in the evening, it's family time. If you reach out to me and you're a friend from college and I haven't heard from you, especially if I look and your message starts with something like, hey, sorry for asking. I, (laughs) I will look at what you have to say tomorrow morning when I get uh, when I get to it. And you go, oh, my God, Andy, but aren't you doing these people a disservice? No, I, I am not. You know, I do not have an obligation to be on call to the world. I, I just I just don't. And I've decided that. So do you, do you know what you're doing? 
You're setting boundaries for yourself. You are setting boundaries. That that's, that's exactly it. And that's super healthy. Like that that's a big part of this conversation is that we have this guilt. And so we are we are feeling guilty about not being on call and not being available to everybody and not being able to answer all of their questions. But the reality is, you guys, we cannot be all things to all people 24-7. We will burn ourselves out. And there will be an end to so many more of us than there has already been. And so the reality is it has to stop with the feeling guilty. That's that's what you already talked about. That's that's where we have to start. And then the second step is you have to set boundaries. And that is not only okay, but it is a healthy thing to do. Yep. And that that's that's my boundary. It's a boundary that works for me. Is if I have any indication that this is a medical advice seeking. I am not going to answer it until I'm back in the clinic or until I get to a place uh, this, you know, again, I don't, I'm not your veterinarian. I don't, I don't work for you. You know, this is, I'm not, I'm not obligated to do this. I never signed up for this. Any expectation of availability to me through Facebook that you have, that's a misperception on your part. Mm-hmm. And again, I said, I don't think these people are villains, I'm not mad at them. I don't, you know, I'm not judging them. Mm-hmm. any of that stuff. And I know that society is moving this way. And I know that they're going to ask. I am just not going to respond. I am not reading this. Now, let me say this. In the, uh, I like that boundary and I use that boundary. Let me say that once you start to set boundaries like this and say, I'm not available by text and I don't, I don't click on those messages. Mm-hmm. And even if I do click on those messages, I still don't feel an obligation to respond. I may, I may disappear. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll probably respond in the future just because it's a polite thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm not, I'm not going to drop what I'm doing and respond to you. And I'm not going to apologize for it. I, I, I'm, I'm just not. If you're nervous enough to call me, then you are nervous enough to call other people, and uh, you know, are nervous enough to 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 seek help some somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And again, I I just I want to keep that distance. That's healthy. That's a personal boundary, and it's saving me from from burning out. At the same time, what I want to say to people who are setting these boundaries is, when these things come across, I'm not particularly worried about setting a precedent. I think a lot of us say. I, if I answer one of these, then I need to answer all of them. Mm-hmm. Or, or if I'm going to help one friend, I need to help all of my friends. Or I'm either someone who responds to these or someone who doesn't respond to these. And mm-hmm. I want to tell you that that is garbage and you throw that away. Um, in the case of last week, the person who sent me a message, a friend from high school, and my initial response is going to be, I don't want to help. I'm not, I'm not checking this. But guys, I've been keeping up with this friend from high school online and she has been really struggling with a lot of things and she has metastatic cancer and she has four young children and she's going through some stuff. Mm-hmm. And I saw her pop up and I saw her first line, which said, Hey, I hate to ask you this question. And I decided I want to help this person. And so I'm not going to feel resentful because I made that decision. That mm-hmm. I was help. And so I jumped on and I, and I talked to her about what was going on. And ultimately I said, yeah, I, I hate it, but I think you need to go see, go see your vet. You do. I, that does not mean that I'm going to be available for the next one. That does not mean that I respond every time. This was a particular case and a particular person. If my brother asked me for advice on pets, I'm going to talk to him because he's my brother, mm-hmm. you know, but that doesn't mean rando college person 
is going to be someone that that I'm going to be there for. And in this case, too, I only responded because I knew that these things were going on. I asked myself, do I have time to help? Do I want to help? And I decided I wanted to help. And so I have zero resentment because I did something that I wanted to do. And mm-hmm. I think that that's a key piece, again, in keeping that healthy mindset. Mm-hmm. And I think another piece of setting the boundaries that you touched on inadvertently when you brought up your brother is that it is okay and very healthy to set boundaries for your family. Because I think for a lot of us, this is this is where it comes up first and foremost is like, I've been on the other end of that where, you know, my mom's called me up or my brother's called me and said, hey, we're having this problem and I've said, oh, okay, here's what you need to do. And then they don't do what you're suggesting that you do. And that's where it is okay to have some boundaries like that with your family. And and um, one of my girlfriends told me that the way that she does it is like, look, I, I, I'm happy to answer your question. And I need you to know that from that point on, there are two choices. You can come see me in the clinic and be a patient and I will absolutely like – look at you and treat you and talk to you the exact same way that I would any other client, or I can tell you what I think. And then I'm not going to think about it from that point on because that, that I have to have a boundary there. There has to be, there has to be that, that um, space for me to feel like just because you're my family doesn't, (laughs) doesn't mean that I have to solve your problems and that I don't have to live with the guilt or the frustration or the anger when you don't listen to what I'm telling you. Oh, that is so common. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I I I, have, I love my family have that exact same policy where when they ask me I will tell you mm-hmm. that this is what I would do this is what I recommend but I'm not going to follow up I am mm-hmm. not going to ask you how it's going mm-hmm. I'm not going to circle back I you know because mm-hmm. too often too often I tell them what they should do and then they completely ignore me or they're like uh Bryant at Petco said that I should do coconut oil instead. And I'm like, I, I have, I mean, I have, I have multiple advanced degrees. <laughs> like I've done this a decade, you know, and I, I, I treat sick animals all day long. Bryant from Petco is like 12 years old and <laughs> And he took he took a thirty minute online training module, and my mom's like, <laughs> "Tough call." I, I, I'm gonna listen to Brian. I'm going to Brian on this one. Um, you know, like, uh, okay, okay, but here's here's the thing. It ties back to that. It ties back to that feeling guilty in in the sense that it's really easy to take that personally. And I think that the, the reason that we're both laughing about it is because we can recognize that. And I'm sure that uh, that um there are a majority of our listeners who are like, oh, uh-huh, yep, yep, I, I know that I know that feeling because it happens. And the reason that we feel uncomfortable about it is because we are either taking it personally or we are feeling guilty because we are worried about their pet and we're worried about the fact that they're not taking our advice and we know what might happen or any myriad of other reasons. And and the reality is, is that it is it is still a space, even with your family, that it, that you have to set some boundaries for yourself, and you have to decide how how you're going to treat those those circumstances. I, the big thing that I want to really impress on people right now is never ever forget that you are training these people. Mm-hmm. The people who reach out to you, you are training them. So when I see this post and it says, "Oh man, 
I get nonstop text, emails, and Facebook messages. I will say to this veterinarian, you made that. You made that. You the, the only reason you get nonstop text, emails, and Facebook messages is because you respond and you positively reinforce the decision to reach out to you through these pathways. And I'm not saying you're wrong. If that's what you want to do, then do it. But you made this. No one who does not respond gets nonstop text, emails, and Facebook messages. Mm-hmm. They, they, they just don't. <laughs> and so we positively reinforce the behaviors that we want, which is why I have my 12 to 24 hour rule in place. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is people are seeking immediate free feedback. And mm-hmm. if I give them immediate free feedback, they will continue to reach out to me for immediate free feedback because I've given it to them before. Sure. And by me giving it to them, I'm sending a message that I consent to this behavior, you know, like sure. I am okay with this because if I wasn't, I would not give you what you're asking for, but I did. <laughs> and I didn't complain about it. And so I train how my clients treat me. Mm-hmm. Again, that's why I go back to, if you rush to respond when someone reaches out to you, that's fine. Know that you are sending the message that this is an acceptable and effective way for them to reach out. And if you don't want to train your people to reach out for you when they want immediate free advice, then don't make yourself available for immediate Mm -hmm. free advice. And if someone sends a text message and I don't respond to it the next morning, that's what it is. And you and some people will say, but Andy, what if they get they get mad? And what I would say is. I think that it's it's rude. It's rude for you to text me at home mm-hmm. and ask me a work question. Not super rude. I've done it to other people. Again, not 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 mm-hmm. villainous rude, mm-hmm. but it is it is rude for you to text me at home. And I would say it is absolutely no more rude for me not to respond until the morning. And I would just tell you from a boundary standpoint, it helps me not to look because once I look then I feel like, oh, I should, uh, should I, I think maybe I should, I should help here. I, d- I don't look. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the tools um, in the toolbox that a lot of times we forget about is if you stop and you ask yourself, okay, if a client was on the phone and they were asking my CSR this question, what would the answer be? And, yeah. and the answer nine times out of 10 would probably be, you know, that is a great question. That definitely sounds like something that, you know, Dr. Rourke should see Fluffy for, and we can take a look and then we can decide what to do from there. Right. Like we all know that that's the answer that the answer nine times out of 10 is probably that the pet needs to be seen. And sometimes it, sometimes it isn't. And I know in, in my clinic, there are those instances where a client calls up and they have a question. And really the answer is, um, well, have you started with sleep preventative? And if they haven't, yeah, okay, they should still come in. So we should make sure that they don't have dermatitis and a skin infection. But it's not wrong to say, okay, well, you know, using monthly flea preventative does X, Y, and Z. That is not wrong. And I want my CSRs to be helpful in that way. So mm-hmm. one of the one of the tools that I always use is like, what would what what would my CSRs do? What would I what would I want them to say? And and use that same use that same exact conversation and script that your CSRs would use just because you're a veterinarian or just because you're a technician and you have the medical knowledge doesn't mean that you have to use it every time. Like the, the honest answer could just be, yeah, that, that absolutely sounds like something 
that should be seen. And if you want to give the office a call, I'd be happy to fit you into my schedule tomorrow and take a look at that. You know? Yep. I completely agree with that. There's nothing wrong with that. No, that that's a hundred percent my go-to when people ask me things in person, uh, that, that, you know, at the, at the old, you know, holiday cocktail party or at the swim meet Mm -hmm. or whatever. And people say, Hey, what do you, what do you think my dog is doing this thing? I think it's amazing how often veterinarians decide I'm going to solve this problem right. based on the extremely limited information I have. And at the same time, if one of your technicians got on the phone at your clinic and solved the pro- quote unquote solved the problem with the limited information that they were given, you would have an aneurysm. Mm-hmm. You would be like, how dare you make mm-hmm. these recommendations without even seeing the pet. How reckless can you be? And then there there you are with your little plate and shrimp on it, uh, dipping in cocktail sauce going, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's, I mean, it sounds like, uh, it sounds like maybe it's, it's probably gum disease. There might be a, I mean, I don't know. There might be something in the mouth. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't know. I think, you know, have you done dentist sticks? I mean, what is, and you say right? these things that you would never ever mm-hmm. say in the clinic. So that, that's a big, that's a big boundary thing for me is, when you and someone asked me a question outside of work, my thought is, what would they what would they hear if they called my clinic and said mm-hmm. this? Mm-hmm. And so what often ends up happening is exactly what should happen. Me going, you know, it sounds like we should probably get I love this one. It sounds like we should get a look at that. Look, I'm in the clinic all this week. If you want to bring her by, I definitely take a look at her. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that sounds so helpful. And it's also 100% me going, you need to come in and get a physical examination. And right. This. Right. And and what will happen is, so I say it all the time, hey, it sounds like, I mean, and I'll be honest, I'm always totally honest with them. If it's like, we need to get some flea prevention. Uh, here, you know, here's what here's what we need to do. Of course, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll help them if it takes me less than 60 seconds. I'll mm-hmm. totally give them some advice. Beyond that, I'm going to say, hey, you know. It sounds like we need to get a look at that. I'm in the clinic this week. Why don't you come by and I'll have a look. Mm-hmm. And often they don't show up. <laughs> they don't come, which is fine. And if you choose not to come, that's fine. But you don't get to have an hour of my time for free. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think there's anything un, unrealistic about that. And I think that that's, that's how that's how we stop feeling guilty. That's how we start setting the boundaries. It's how we stop reinforcing the behaviors because we there we have to. We have to do something to take control of our of our lives. And it sounds crazy to to go to that extreme, but it starts with the the one question and then you get to this vet's perspective, which is that I feel like it's nonstop. And then you get to the perspective of where it's so overwhelming that you don't know what to do. And that's that's why we have to talk about it when it's just the, you know, one or two one offs of like, how do how do I stop this? Let's let's stop the behavior before it turns into a big, messy thing that we feel like now we've we've dug we've dug the hole. We've done it to ourselves. Yeah. And now how do we get out of it? The, the answer is let's let's start before we get into that hole. I, I can't tell you guys how many emails I have gotten from pet owners who have been to three different specialists for a problem and they have, you know, a case history that goes back years and they send me an email through my website, not even a direct email, it's through the Mm -hmm. website. And the opening line that always gets me is 
I thought I'd let you take a crack at this. Like, <laughs> like they're doing me a huge favor to read this multi-page email and then write a multi-page response back to them. Mm-hmm. And again, not judging. I'm not angry. I'm mm-hmm. not, I don't, I'm not seeing anything about it. I know that they are just looking out for their pets and, you know, and they're doing something that, that has been positively reinforced and other mm-hmm. veterinarians have probably jumped right up to help them. Mm-hmm. They just get crickets from mm-hmm. me. Uh, they, 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 they do. And again, I hope this whole podcast doesn't make me sound like a total royal jerk. <laughs> and I would not lay this out like this if I didn't think so many people needed to hear it. Mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. love pets. I love pet owners. I want to do what is right. I am always up for helping people, but I also have boundaries and I have ways that I'm up for helping people mm-hmm. and pathways that people can come through to get my help. Right. You do not get to go around those pathways and come into my home in person or via Facebook or via text message and interrupt me when I'm engaging with my family or right. when I am engaging with a book that I want to read or when I'm out for a jog, just unwinding and taking care of myself so I can go back to the clinic and be productive and be kind and be focused and be centered and be healthy mm-hmm. and be happy so that I can do my best work. Like you don't get to interrupt that. You just don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love it. Cool. Well, that's all I got. Any last words on uh, help? Pet owners are pinging me all the time. No, no, I think, I think that sums it up. I think the big, the big things for me are you got to stop feeling guilty about it and you got to set some boundaries. Yep. You got to stop feeling guilty. You got to set some boundaries and you have got, so, so, so that's your two. My two are, you are training these people. And Mm -hmm. when you respond to the messages they send you, especially right away, you are training them that this is a viable pathway to you and they're going to use it and they're going to recommend it to their friends. And you are making that happen and you need to know it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, number two, if you would not allow your front desk to say this thing or give this advice, you should not be giving it yourself. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. it. You know, we Love need it. to see these pets. We need to get them in. It's not a business ploy. That's good medicine. And it's also good boundaries. Mm-hmm. Oh. I Love it. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Yeah. Cool. Talk to you later. All right. Bye. Gang, that's what we've got for you today. I hope it was helpful. I hope it was useful. I hope to see you back again next week. Take care. Be safe. Be well.